0: Welcome to the We Are Next podcast, advice and insight from all over the advertising industry to help you navigate your career with confidence. I'm Natalie Kim. And I'm Makeda Loney, a junior copywriter at Burrell Communications. And thanks for listening. Hi everybody, it's Natalie and welcome to episode 56 very, very excited to launch Intern Field Notes Volume 1 yesterday. If you haven't seen it, we worked with interns and their agencies all over the industry to create pieces about their summer internships, to share learnings, um, challenges, agency cultures, what makes different agencies special. We packed it all up into an amazing series that's going to be rolling out uh, over the next few weeks one piece per day so i'll include the link uh, in the show notes or you can check out our social channels Uh, the link will be there Um, and i hope you guys enjoy it it really was a joint effort between the interns their agencies and we are next You probably also notice the mini-sodes, which are launching almost every day as a new piece goes live. Most of the interns recorded um, mini sods as well, so you can kind of hear firsthand from them about their experiences. As I'm recording this, I'm feeling pretty underwater, if I'm being honest. You know when you feel like you have so many work and life balls, you're juggling up in the air and and you hop sort of frenetically from task to task, trying to knock off things on your to-do list, but it just keeps... Getting longer. It's not a fun feeling, and I feel like Wear Next is getting to the point of really needing a small team to support it because I want very much to deliver the best stuff to you guys, but not at the sake of burning myself out and not being able to continue. I also want to say that if you've ever emailed me with a specific question or asked to meet or get on the phone and I didn't respond, please know that that's not because I didn't want to or or I didn't see it. It's because if I answered every question I received or met with every person that reached out, there's literally no way We Are Next would continue to function. Often I try to take people's questions and turn them into weekly emails or podcast topics so that the information is still getting out there and so that it benefits everyone. But anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know that and, and to thank you for your understanding um, as I try to figure out how to keep up with where we're next and the rate it's growing and, and really make it sustainable for you guys. That's my number one goal. Our guest this week is Makita Loney, junior copywriter at Burrell Communications. She joined us on the podcast to share her fresh perspective about getting started in your career. She had some really specific tips on getting started when you don't have a background in advertising and also we had a really great discussion on untangling her perspective on diversity. So let's get to it. Enjoy. Thanks so much for connecting. We're doing this via Skype. Um, You're out in Chicago. And how did we first connect? Did you reach out to me?
1: Yeah. Um, I followed you after seeing all the work about We Are Next and things like that. And I thought it was really awesome. So I decided to follow you and I saw your post on LinkedIn. So I reached out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I remember when we first connected on on Twitter and Instagram and I was like, this girl's awesome. <laughs> like the stuff that oh, you're posting. You. So it was like one of those things where I was like aware of you before we actually connected. Yeah. Um, Uh, to do this. So I I was so glad when you reached out. And I do find that um, people who are still kind of earlier in their careers, their advice is so useful to other people just starting out and students who haven't gotten their start yet, because it's so relevant, you know, because you're just on the other side of what they experience. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me on. So let's kick it off with how you got your start in the industry. Can you talk about how you found advertising and made your way into the industry?
1: Yeah, totally. So I got my undergrad degree at St. Bonaventure University and I started off as a marketing major. Um, As a marketing major, I didn't really enjoy it that much because I knew I wanted to do creative, but I didn't really do much um, on the creative side early on, I guess. So halfway through my time in school, I switched to journalism where they did have an advertising concentration and I was invited to join the American Advertising Federation um, chapter on campus and my friend was already a part of it and she's like, I think you would be a good copywriter if you wanted to join. I said, you know what? Okay, fine. So I applied and I got a spot and I was like, all right, it's time to learn about what this is and it ran like a, like an actual agency um you know you have your creatives the account people publicity and all that good stuff and i actually just falling through the waves i fell in love with copywriting and so i pushed more and i took more classes on copywriting and things like that and after i graduated i went to the creative circus and i you know studied copywriting there did my two years um I got an internship through the Advertising Club of New York. I was a diversity and inclusion intern at IPG, and that was a lot of fun to kind of see. Even though I wasn't at like an agency agency, I was at the holding company. Right. It was kind, of, yeah. It was kind of cool to like look down and see how all those things run, especially with like how they treat diversity and how important it is, and see all the different groups that cater to Asian people and Black people, Hispanic, and it's just. It was really beautiful, I guess, to see that there are things put in place to kind of show people of color that they are noticed and that Mm -hmm. they care, even though there's still a long way to go. Totally. But um, So just through doing that and graduating from the circus, I found myself at Burrell Communications after going to the Hear All the Black People conference in New York.
0: Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to step back a couple paces. What... How did you decide to go to Creative Circus cuz obviously it's a graduate school program you put in a couple extra years um mm-hmm. so it's i get the question all the time they're like should i go to portfolio school should i not it's a big decision for some people can you do you remember like weighing your options and i guess what caused you to ultimately decide to go to portfolio school
1: Yeah um i knew that i needed more work um on the writing side, of course, it was like, I knew that this is the industry that I needed to go into because this is what I care about. Mm -hmm. And it was, I knew that I wasn't getting the full package where I was going to school currently. Not that they didn't do a good job of, you know, introducing me and things like that. But my professor, Mike Jones Kelly was actually one of the founders of the creative circus. And so he was like, I think you have the potential to do something great And I think it would be, like, you know, something worth considering. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I was like, okay, I understand, like, that point of it. But I'm going to still check out all the other schools anyway, including the Creative Circus. And one of my friends was going. That was a year above me. And other people from my school had come back and spoken about it. And something just felt right about, like, at least, like, looking at their books and seeing what they're doing and how much fun they're having. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go check it out. And I did, and I fell in love with it, and I decided to go. It was a huge um, financial decision, um, but I was lucky enough to kind of go to undergrad with some scholarships under my belt. Mm -hmm. So I did have, like, a little bit after saving up and stuff, but it is a really hard decision to make. But I think it was super fruitful coming out of it and what I've learned and what I'm doing now and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that perspective. I know it's... it's It's different for everyone. The answer is different for everyone, obviously, and everyone has to assess their own situation. But I'm always interested in hearing how people kind of got to that decision. Yeah. So so when you think back, I mean, you took us through the steps um, in getting your first roles and interning and stuff like that. What are some of the things about you or things that you did while applying that you think helped land your first roles? I know you mentioned you went to hear all the black people and that was sort of what led to, um, I guess, was there anything that you did in those interactions or afterwards that, that helped you get your foot in the door?
1: Honestly, I think it's you know, keeping your horizons open I really was hellbent on going back home to New York because, you know, it's where I was born and raised. And I know that advertising, that's, that's like the big city where everybody like wants to be and needs to go and things like that. But you kind of got like, there are so many different opportunities waiting for you that you don't know about in other places. So even though, you know, you have your sights set on one, maybe if you can just like shift your focus a little bit and see like, what am I open to? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chicago is a city kind of similar to New York it still has an industry it still has a culture there and you kind of i still got like some of the benefits that i feel like i would have gotten at another agency or at least different benefits that i would have gotten here than i would have elsewhere um another thing is you know networking as everybody always says is super important you know you never know where that one connection can lead in the future and like know your worth too that's really important um Because, you know, a lot of people like you'll send your book out a ton of places and you'll either get no response or you'll get a response that you weren't looking to hear. And it can be like like heartbreaking to a certain point, especially if you were hellbent on certain places or if you think you I have a shot here or like I have like an in here. Maybe I can do it. But at least know like in your heart, like know your capabilities, know your worth, know that you can do a kick-ass job somewhere and somewhere is going to see that talent in you and they're going to bring you on. It's just a matter of when and where. So I, cause I know a lot of juniors, like it takes a little bit longer for some people to get a job than others. And they're like, you're super talented. So it's not a a fact of like your talent, you know, just Mm -hmm. keep pushing, have that confidence. And I think that made a difference, especially when I was talking to the different recruiters out here, all the black people and things like that. Like I said before, Chicago wasn't on my radar at all. Um, but I knew, like, based on the agency, like I, I did some research on Burrell mm-hmm. after I had met with Terrence, who was the one that was kind of interviewing me there. And just to think about what I could potentially bring to the table and how they could potentially help me you know, it was kind of like a, like a good collaboration, like a good mix. And I think that's what you need to look for also and consider also when you're trying to pick the agency that you want to start off with.
0: Yeah, I think you brought bring up so many good points. I mean, the whole idea of Broadening your horizons, whether it is outside of New York or, you know, a specific type of agency or like if you have your heart set on one agency, like there are so many different ways to start your career and so many I talk, I've been doing a lot more traveling this year and I've been going to other markets, obviously outside of New York and LA and getting to know the advertising scenes there. And it's just so inspiring to hear people who work in these markets, like I was just in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. talk about the community there and what they prioritize, like the agency cultures there. And like, and they, they all strongly feel like there is like a, a St. Louis agency culture that is very different from that of New York or what they perceive the cultures are in New York. And obviously these are generalizations. It's not like a a hard, hard and fast rule, but everyone I talked to, they're like, we wish students knew like that there is this like different lifestyle that you can have and still work in advertising and and be, be, you know, do great creative work and, um, win awards and like all that good stuff. But, but Mm -hmm. also you know be in this different environment that prioritizes different things. So anyways, I thought about that when you were when you're talking about broadening your horizons because I think it is, it's just I feel like it would make it a little less feel like a little less stressful too if you are open to more things when you're starting out.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: So what about for someone who, let's say they just discovered advertising, maybe later in their college career or later in their career. I talked with, I talk with a lot of people who end up making like career pivots into advertising. Um, but maybe it's someone who goes to school without you know any advertising curriculum or any classes they can take. So if they're starting from scratch, what would be your advice for getting started pursuing a career in advertising?
1: I would say be a student of the industry and I know that sounds probably a little cliche but it's definitely helped me even in portfolio school Mm -hmm. Um, just studying like the great ads of the past and what's won awards and like what your favorite commercials are out now and then you can look at their the people who've created those ads, like what do their books look like, you know, like think about all the different brands that you enjoy and like what funny things you can make out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, there was, there's one thing that I tell a lot of the students that I mentor and I'm like, if you don't know what to pick, just walk into the grocery store and pick something. (laughs) There's so much out there, you know, there's so much that you can do so much that you can just take and be like, okay, what's a good way to sell this? Like there are a ton of resources online that you can use you know there are definitely a bunch of people that you can reach out to so I think it's just kind of finding a taste for what you like Mm -hmm. and seeing if you can recreate something or create something on your own that you think is like kick ass and you think will engage people Mm -hmm. or at least engage you or um, just be interactive in some sort of way that you enjoy
0: yeah for you personally what are some of the places online that you keep up with the industry like any specific sites that you really like i know there's a bunch but for you specifically Mm -hmm. what do you like to follow
1: i definitely try to read ad week every morning when i go to work you know like decompress or decompress like i'm having a crazy morning (laughs) (laughs) um i try to like get my day started that's what i mean um by catching up on the new things happening on ad week um i definitely follow like creativity online just to see little things like that and I've seen a, a little black book I believe is a new site that's up and running now or probably not new but um at least a new like new to my attention mm-hmm. and so I kind of just scrolls through and see what's picking up attention see what's not uh, modern copywriter is also a cool way to see new people in the industry or see people in the industry um and just kind of like follow their books and things like that and um yeah that's a that's about as far as my expansion's gone
0: so far yeah I've not heard of modern copywriter I have to check that out that but it sounds really cool very specific yeah. to um obviously like your needs but but I love when people when you're able to kind of put a face to the work you know mm-hmm. instead of just stuff about like what's going on in the industry like as I like when it includes kind of like who's behind the work and and like profiles on people who are doing the work and especially if it's yeah. Um, if you're able to see people not just, like, at the very top of departments and stuff like that. I love seeing, like, who's, like, on the ground, like, doing the work, like, right now. Oh, yeah.
1: There's, like, on Modern Copyright, you can see a bunch of people, like, a year in or when we graduated, our whole entire quarter got, like, a feature on Modern Copyright, So you got to see all of our books as well. Oh, so cool. you people, people that are veterans, people, like, kind of midway through the industry, it's all there. Awesome.
0: So aside from being a copywriter, you describe yourself as a poet.
1: Mm -hmm. So I wanted to
0: know how your poetry has influenced your copywriting and vice versa. Yeah,
1: Um, I'm always a poet first. That's um, the way I got into writing in general, you know, and my poetry and my copywriting, I like to think go hand in hand. Um, I get a lot of comments like, you know, you, sometimes your writing is a little too poetic and it's just, like, <laughs> naturally how I do things, you know? Um, But it helps me, I guess, kind of translate, like, the different um, ways that I'm feeling, the different ways that I'm, like, breaking into this one specific need that this uh, campaign has for me. You know, like, of course, if it doesn't call for it, it doesn't call for it, but it always... My poetry is always the thing that keeps me flowing. I'll start with this one thought, and sometimes the best way for me is just to go. And so I'll write this big long poem about what's confusing me, what's happening, what do I need to, uh, what is the breakthrough thing that I'm looking for? And then I'll just start to pick apart the poem that I just wrote or whatever like blurb I just wrote and see if something sticks um because that's just how it is for me in general if I'm feeling something or if I'm going through something I'll just write it all out and if there's like if the whole thing works as a whole that's great if like a tiny um, if a tiny piece of it works then that's perfect too you know and
0: being I can't shut it off I love the idea that obviously you're not using your poetry as like actual copy but that you're your identity as a poet influences how you get to your ideas or how you get to what might be the ultimate copy somewhere or it helps you break down problems or just like the way you process information can be through this more like po- poetry lens I guess I don't know that's kind of what yeah. I'm hearing which I which is really interesting I've never actually heard someone describe it like that in terms of writing everything out in the form of a poem to help you like work through some of the challenges or problems that you're being presented, um, like, at work. I think that's wonderful that you're able to bring in something that is so natural to you into, like, the work that you do for your clients. That's really great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I know this changes from day to day, and this is, like, I hate when people ask me this question or when when I used to get this question because it's, it, the, the answer is always, it changes all the time. But for those like, just starting out, to give them an idea of what they'd actually be doing as a junior copywriter, can you give us a rundown of maybe an average day? What are some of the main tasks that you're doing at work?
1: See, I feel like for me it might be a little bit different because I know, like, of course it differs from agency to agency. Sure. But um, at Burrell, we're a really small creative team. And we also have, like, a lot of big clients. Like, we have Walmart and McDonald's and things like that. So... As a junior copywriter, I'm, like, writing radio spots and I'm writing commercials and, like, all those things. So it's as soon as I walk in, I sit down, drink my coffee, try to think through what I'm going to do for that day. Or sometimes I'll come in early and I'll just start writing immediately. Um, It's a lot of learning, you know, seeing just talking to different teams and things like that i um, talking to my creative directors like the beauty of working where I do is that I get to interact with everybody directly mm-hmm. so I get to talk to my CCO every day I get to talk to my creative directors like every day and it's just one big collaborative family um so yeah I'm writing scripts left and right you know depends on what's the need for the day um you know meetings here and there think like planning out what's going to happen next. It's more of like a, like a it's teaching me time management more as time goes on. Yeah. because Like I need to dedicate this amount of time to this and this amount of time to that. And even though, you know, my brain is constantly going, it's like, all right, it's time to shift gears and write in a different tone of voice for one and write in a different tone of voice for the other. Cause of course not everything calls for the same thing.
0: Right yeah i think that's one of the hardest things transitioning from being a student or an intern and then coming on full-time i hear it from a ton of different people all over the industry is that aspect of time management because often unless you're at maybe like a very big agency where you're only on one client Mm -hmm. you're probably on multiple projects maybe three or four plus you know um at any given time And learning how to self-manage, you know, when you work on one thing or how to portion out your day to get to meet your deadlines, I think is very Mm. difficult and not something that is often taught in schools. I guess it's kind of hard to teach unless you're, like, simulating that in schools. Right. Um, Have there been any techniques that you've found, like, helpful? I know you're probably still, it's still, you're still getting comfortable with it. It's, like, an ongoing process. But has anything been helpful to you as you sort of figure it out?
1: Just being very aware of your calendar, you know, and being aware of, like, as time goes on, I've learned, like, the amount of time it usually takes me to do something. Mm -hmm. So, for example, writing through a radio spot probably won't be as long as writing through a commercial or a couple, you know, or like an online video. Those definitely take a lot more time like at least for me mentally so it's like okay when is this due um like how many am I thinking of bringing to the table of course I bring like at least at least four or more I try to hit that number but um it's like how long is it gonna take how long do I like think I'll need and so I kind of just like portion out my time that way. Mm -hmm. Like, if I know that I have, like, a week to do something, I'll probably focus on what's coming up sooner to let my brain kind of, like, simmer on what's on the back burner and be like, okay, this meeting's done and gone, time to work on something else. But if everything's kind of all in the same realm, it's like, I'm going to try to push out at least one or two that I think are okay, and then move to the next thing, then come back to this and come back to that. Even though it can be, like, a lot of brain juggling yeah. it still kind of helps because I'm still like switching my brain to something else or trying to yeah. so in the back burner my brain is thinking like oh wait that's actually a good idea for this thing that I need to write later and I'll write it down and I'll come back to it
0: It's definitely a learning process I totally hear you on that and I mean getting to understand how like you said how long it does take for you to complete certain tasks. Um, I think part of what was one really important thing, at least, you know, when when I was managing juniors was um, making sure that they were like, almost like over communicative of, of like their progress, especially at the beginning, when you don't really know when you're like, Oh, this could take me like a couple hours, it could take me a couple days, I'm not sure yet. Um, And kind of like, what quality can you get it to? Like, what percentage can you get it to in a certain amount of time? And Mm -hmm. Um, being, yeah, like over communicative with whoever is waiting for that deliverable on like how you're doing so that they're able to manage kind of like the larger schedule and all the other pieces that, that plug in. Um yeah. Because one of the one of the things that I saw often was someone would be like spinning and spinning and, and taking longer than they thought and they wouldn't speak up until like the last moment and then it's like, oh, we're like, we're all like caught like smashed up against this deadline. But if they kind of raise their hand earlier and been like, hey, it's looking like, you know, at the rate I'm going, it's looking like it's going to take me a little longer to finish this can we like move out the deadline or like get, get someone else, you know, to help me out or whatever it is. So, um, but I think, yeah, it, it, it takes a little bit of time to figure that all that out.
1: And that's super important to everything you just said, because I know that I've definitely have moments where I am, I know for a fact I am way too ambitious for my own good. So it's like, yes, I want to work on everything. I want to do everything. And, then you realize that the quality starts to suffer a little bit because, it's like, I didn't put as much time as I thought I had Mm -hmm. into this. So being honest, if you can't, like, straight up be like, I don't know if I can handle this. I'm still learning on how to do that, you know. So I don't know if I can handle this, but I need, like, something taken off my plate. They'll probably be more understanding of that because you're being honest and it's like, okay, at least I know I'm not getting a rush job from you.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. So when you reached out about coming on the podcast originally, you mentioned the importance of mental health in advertising specifically. So I'd love to dig into that for a second. First, how do you define mental health and what are some ways that you try to prioritize it?
1: Mental health to me, at least, is just how you take care of yourself on the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be like, you know, spiritually, it can be just like emotionally. I think it all ties in together. And so the way I see a therapist once a week and I love her and I just talk to her about things that are going on at work, things that I'm going through like outside of work and it kind of keeps me going, keeps me clear, you know, and that advice kind of helps me, you know, implement that throughout the rest of my week. And I've definitely noticed since when I first started that I've definitely been more clear-minded and I've been more aware of how I'm like handling things and more aware of like my workload and if I can and can't do things. Um. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's such an important topic that you're right, like we don't really talk about, but for an industry like advertising where it is, often very fast paced, very stressful. Um, it's definitely necessary. And I feel like the first step is always making sure that you have a baseline awareness of like how we're feeling. Because it's so easy to just especially when you have like all these deadlines and things and pitches that you're on, to just get just have your head down and and not even understand how you're feeling in that given moment you know you kind of just like let it all like rest on you and only until it gets to a breaking point or like after everything is done you're like oh my god why do i feel so like awful you know after all this and um i think there are small ways i think that's awesome that you see someone every week just to have an outlet that's not part of you know the agency or like your life at all but a kind of a third party objective person who can just um be a vessel that you can talk things out through. As a follow-up question, are there like smaller things that you do throughout the day or just like in your day-to-day at the office that you do to kind of make sure that um you're taking care of yourself? Yeah.
1: Um I definitely take time to breathe. Um it doesn't have to be obvious. Um there if not everybody has an Apple Watch obviously, but there is a like a little app that reminds you to breathe ever so often. So sometimes I'll just go to the bathroom, take a minute, and just like deeply breathe, try to clear my mind, and then go back to whatever I'm doing. You know, it's like taking little breaks when you can. Not to say, you know, just slack off, but like if you have like five minutes or like, you know, during lunch, you don't have to work through lunch all the time. Just take a minute and chill and kind of, like, reevaluate everything. Check in with yourself. Always checking in with yourself is important. You know, like, if you feel a little overwhelmed, like we were talking about earlier, like, think, try to make a game plan of what you can do to kind of tackle what you're overwhelmed with. I think pin- pinpointing what you are overwhelmed with can definitely help you in the long run and kind of having that ability to tackle things head on, even though it's hard, Um And, yeah, just kind of, like, writing down what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everybody has time to journal, but I try to make time to do that Um, just to – like I said, poetry is my way out of things. Or not, like, out, but, like, my way through things to kind of um, break through whatever it is that I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So little things like that, definitely checking in with yourself, I think, is the most important because, like you said, a lot of things – get piled up on top of you and a lot of deadlines are coming and I think the more confidence that you have in yourself and where you're at um, despite you know what's going on outside of work you know a lot of things happen outside of work and a lot of things happen at work so it's how do I deal with balancing the two Mm -hmm. you know because like your life is your life no matter what like you have your career and you have a life outside of work and I know work is especially in advertising, is the thing that keeps us going. You know, we all, like, the work is, like, really important and we're pushing to do the best that we can. But you've got to, like, give yourself a little bit of time to relax Mm -hmm. or a little bit of time to check in with yourself and make sure that you're actually doing okay and you're not overwhelming yourself or just, like, putting all of your frustration into your work and things like that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you're saying about um, taking some time, whether it's like at lunch or like in between meetings um, Mm -hmm. to like get away from your desk, like if you can step outside or at least like go to a window. I know it's like hard when it's like winter on the East Coast, but I I always always remember like that feeling of, oh my gosh, like I've been inside, like I have not seen the sky like all day. Like, and that's just so... (laughs) It's just, like, so – it's so depressing, you know, especially when you're feeling, like, all these – you know, if you're feeling stressed or anxious about something that you're working on. So I think even just five minutes, just, like, out the door with, like, a couple deep breaths, you know, before heading back inside, I think would would go a long way for people.
1: Yeah, and also, like, find something that you love to do. Like, I know this isn't, like, you know, a during the work thing, but – of course, if you're at home, like I have a ukulele that I love to play from um, here, like time and again, and I take ukulele classes when I can. So it's just like finding that one thing that, like you know, brings you joy, and you know that you can put all of that, uh, like that mental like anguish that you're having, just put it into that, and you kind of like forget about the little things for at least
0: five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. and it makes a world of difference. It yeah. really does. Totally. And I like that it can be something super small. It doesn't have to be something that like you're making into like a side hustle or anything. It's just like you said, something that brings you like a little bit of joy and and gives you a couple moments to yourself. Being a little bit selfish goes a long way. I love that. (laughs) So you talked about a little bit at the beginning of our conversation about being a diversity inclusion intern with IPG. And Mm -hmm. you are, of course, a young woman of color working in advertising. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, I guess, first, how you define diversity from your perspective Mm -hmm. and what we should all be striving for. You know, you talked about there's, like, still a long way to go. Yeah. What what are we – what should we be working towards?
1: Man, so – Oh goodness, there's so much in this. <laughs> I find diversity as just like, and of course, like as a textbook, like a, like a mixture of things, you know. And it's not just race. It's, you know, people with disabilities. You know, there are people like of different sizes. There are people of different genders and different just sexualities. It's like a real hodgepodge of everything. Like there shouldn't be like one, like homogenous group you know so it's like here are all these white people and then we throw three black people in diversity like not really you know yeah. um, <laughs> and I think that's like a like oh we have like a single woman doing this thing we care about diversity it's like no like I understand that there are strides being made and I understand that you're reaching for things but there are so many talented women and women of color and black men and like men of color just like everybody diversity isn't just like you know there is no catch-all to diversity there is no formula um i think caring about women at your agency and like maternity leave and things like that can play huge roles in how like women are treated and just like closing the gender gap and all of those things that like we need proof that We need, like, rock hard, like, solid proof that we're being seen and we're being heard. And I don't know. There's just – I feel like this is one of those things that I feel a lot about and I can't really articulate it well. It's hard. Um, It's really hard. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I know that I'm saying, like, you know, a lot of textbook on-the-surface things, but I think the way to strive for diversity is to make sure that people – Make sure that you genuinely care, you know, and I think that when you genuinely care, people are going to notice that. But I think it's really important just to make sure, like I said again, that people are being understood and being heard and that their values are being upheld and, like, that their voices are genuinely being given a chance to, like, speak up and speak out and, like, we hear what you're saying and this is how we're going to implement it, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, like, just, you know, I feel like, you know, you know what the differences are and you know how they're implemented. Now it's time to change them. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I often think like some of the diversity conversations and and I appreciate you like working through it kind of like real time. Like here, it is like such a big sort of complicated topic, especially today. Um, but in a lot of these conversations, like, yes, we're talking about representation and that's really important, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I always want to talk with people about like, okay, how do you take it's not just enough to have like people of color like in the room. And yes, like like you were saying, like three people or like one person out of like 20, like that doesn't cut it. But even if you had kind of like an equal number, let's say, in the room, people of color, like that right. is still, that's only like one step because if they're still um, within like the same structure of how things have been run in the past or if like upper management doesn't understand like some of the unique um perspectives that people of color may bring to the table or ways of working or or, you know just things outside of work that they might be dealing with then it's never going to be a successful you know there's not going to be a successful outcome because they just it it'll just fall apart in terms of their ability to like be there and like you said feel understood and feel heard right
1: And like you said about, like, the outside perspectives, like, diversity also plays into, like, the different things that people do outside, you know? So that, like, even I feel like within the same group of people, like, for example, I also do burlesque outside of work. So there's, like, a very, like... There's a different world that I'm a part of that other people at work aren't. And there are different parts of, like, their worlds that I'll never understand. So it's, like, when you bring all those different thoughts together it can create something beautiful and you can get a different perspective into this one strategy that you're trying to like pull something out of. Like there's always a different spin that can come from somebody else or something else, that one unique thing that you would have never thought. And I think of course, like we were talking about before, like just all the different cultures that exist within different races and within different things like that. And the different subgroups, like they're like black nerds and we have like our own little like, thing about how we like how we enjoy being black and we love all these like nerd culture things you know so there's always a different spin on it especially with the Black Panther just coming out yeah. and all of that and seeing like a, a superstar cast of like a Marvel in the Marvel universe is so different you know so it's like little things like that can make a whole world of change. And I think just even understanding diversity from that aspect, which I think we already kind of do with, you know, the side hustles and all of that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just bringing something new to the table and just bringing more people together to understand each other, understand, I feel like the industry a little bit more, like there's a lot to learn from the industry itself with people of color. And then the world as a whole
0: totally well thank you for again for like talking through it i know it's not it's not the easiest thing to discuss even though like you said like in your mind and heart you might like know very clearly like what you feel yeah like it's hard to articulate it all right so let's wrap this up with the best piece of advice that you've ever been given
1: this quote uh sticks out into my head a lot um my advertising professor in college always told us you know I'll see some work on the board and you'll never hear me say you'll hear me say that shit but you'll never hear me say your shit and for some reason it's just like okay that's true I can always work harder you know maybe I don't have the solution right now but I think that like translates into everything else that you do in your life as well like you're not shit like you're the shit But you're not shit, you know, like you have a power within you, you have a confidence within you, Um, you have something very unique that you bring to the table, you know, and maybe you're not at the time, there's always going to be a solution to something, Mm -hmm. and maybe you just haven't found it yet, or maybe, you know, you're in your job search and you haven't gotten the results that you want yet but you don't let that you don't let that take away from what you've got inside like there's a drive within you already that you're pushing to find these jobs and there's Mm -hmm. a job with a drive within you already that you're trying to put out the best work possible and I think you don't ever let go of that because it can get really easy when you're overwhelmed or you're not getting the results you want or you don't think you're going as fast as you should. Just take your time. You got this. Maybe with different training or like like within yourself or like maybe with different like perspectives from other people like an advice. Just take your time. You're not shit. You are the shit and you'll be just fine eventually. Things work out. <laughs>
0: I love that. That's so uplifting. I know, but I've been thinking about that recently, too. Like, and I love the way that your professor articulated it in terms of like, what you have created might not be like the best thing in the world. But that's not a commentary on like, you as a person Like that your work, yes, you put so much of yourself into it. And it feels so personal. But it's, it's not you, it's just this like output that you put out there in the world. So even if it that is shit, like you as a person yeah. are not shit. Um, I love that articulation of it, because it's an idea that I've been thinking about a lot, because, you know, everyone's applying to internships right now. And you know, everyone hears no, at least several times before something hits. And so, and that feeling is awful. But um, I think what you just said, they can really take with them and, and run with. Um, and I think it'll help people, you know, stay resilient and like keep, keep going. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was, I'm so glad we were able to do this, especially like, I know as we've been talking like the sun's just like set on your side. (laughs) So so I appreciate, I appreciate you taking the time. Where can people keep up with you?
1: Oh, definitely. I'm on LinkedIn and I check that pretty often. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Hakuna Makita, like Hakuna Matata, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um and I'm also on Instagram too as uh Hakuna Makita as well so yeah um reach out to me I love talking to people like to students and things like that because like you said I was just there and I love helping you know in any way that
0: I can so yeah hit me up awesome well I'm sure people will take you up on it thank you so much again yes thank you so much you too I absolutely love having people earlier in their careers on the podcast. They're so self-reflective about their own experience and are able to pull out such great advice. So big thank you to Makita for joining us and being on the podcast. A quick reminder for those in Los Angeles, our workshop with General Assembly and a very special industry guest is happening this Thursday. You can RSVP in the link in the show notes and via our social channels. Advice is so much better shared. Leave us a review on iTunes or share the podcast with a friend. And while you're at it, check out all of our resources from our job board, our weekly email, and the We Are Next Index. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Take some deep breaths with me. (laughs) I'm Natalie, and until next time, you got this.